0: Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely. But it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're gonna deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand make your mark and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelssohn. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip podcast. And today I am really pleased to have two guests with me on the line. They are a team, Dr. Dina and Don Ortiz, who are the owners of the DEO Entertainment Group. And they have an amazing live music entertainment story for us today, and also a plethora of business experience that goes along with it. You guys are really going to want to listen to this. Guys, Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Jeff. Thank you for having us, Jeff. We appreciate it. Hello to great all to your listeners you listeners out there. We're excited to be here.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. So we were talking a little bit on the pre-call that you guys not only have been around the world, right, but you've been around the world in a number of hotspots and you're like, you have this really great story, not only because you're musicians that happen to travel a lot, but you also got to do it in some of the, you know, cool and conflicted places around the world. Can you please take a few minutes and uh, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are today?
1: Sure, I'd be happy to, Jeff. I actually started as a street musician busking in front of uh, Ripley's, believe it or not, that was my hot spot in San Francisco. (laughs) And uh, with time, I uh, headed down to San Diego and started my first country rock band, Ah, uh, we were picked up by an agent out of Minnesota, and I went on the road with my band through. Back then, you could travel through the United States and Canada and work in clubs. You know, five, six days a week. I lost a player and went back. To, came back to Phoenix, Arizona, where we're located now. This is where mom and dad were at, and I needed to find a second player um, to take my guy's place. And I actually ended up meeting. My husband Don Ortiz, and to date that was 31 years ago. And today we have toured in 43 countries on 26 world tours, all without a record deal and management. And um, I'm proud to say we've also worked uh, not only for large corporations, uh, entertaining at their corporate functions, but we've worked on behalf of the Department of Defense and also the U.S. State Department. And along the way, I got my doctorate in business, so now I'm a full fledged uh, business professor. And in addition to uh, performing um, live, we also uh, do keynote speaking and have worked on behalf of the U.S. Embassy, um, giving master classes in business, entrepreneurship, marketing, management, uh, digital uh, marketing, which I know your audience likes to listen to. And this is my husband, Tom. Hey,
2: everybody. Great to see you. Jeff, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. I really met Dina through her voice first. I was doing production at Celebrity Theater uh, for a show. And the lighting director came to me and said, I have this gal that has an incredible voice. Her band's really good. They're off the road. They have multiple contracts for months and months and months. I think you'd be a good fit. And I said, I don't know. I kept on hemming and Holland. And uh, so then we did a show with Metallica, and he actually had a cassette. So that tells you how old that is, 31 <laughs> years ago. And I heard her voice in my truck, and I thought, wow, this is... Bonnie Raitt meets Melissa Etheridge meets uh, Linda Ronstadt. So I thought there's three trademark vocals right off the bat. This is just not a girl singer that everybody's going to say. This is a girl singer band. You know, this is somebody who can really sing. So I was very interested. And who would have thought? And I broke my own role and married her. <laughs> and uh, 31 years later, uh, performing in 43 countries. Um, and literally, we did start as... With 31 cents, we went from uh, playing in a club and, and drove back to my hometown of Newark, Delaware. And by the time we got there, I had gotten a hefty speeding ticket. And by the time we were close to my home, the last toll was 50 cents. And we had literally 31 cents in our pocket. I
1: think we ran, the toll. We, we ran to, the toll. we couldn't afford to pay the toll. We ran it. <laughs> and uh, we started our, our own uh, group together and uh, started our business and just took off from there. So it's, it's really been an awesome Exciting journey, journey, lots of ups and downs, learning a lot, of course, uh, through our journey. And we're now at the point in our careers where we want to share and we want to help other- uh, Pass the
2: baton on to other business uh, individuals so they can understand how to do things.
1: And of course, we learn a lot from our students as well. So it's really a give and take.
2: We've had some of the best teachers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You know, what's really interesting about this whole story is that a marriage is hard enough, right? Right and then you go into a marriage and a band partnership right and that just adds a whole new layer to it right and then and then you add being business partners on top of that. And it's just, oh, geez, you know, why don't you just make a Rubik's cube out of this whole thing? You know, it, it it could be that complicated. And it's so refreshing, you know, to see, you know, just you guys, you know, like sitting next to each other and just joking with each other and just talking about like, yeah, we did that. Yeah, we've been there before, you know, that, you know, it's really cool. It, it's really cool that you guys are able to take those experiences and, you know, and to project them forward.
1: Yeah, we've, we've definitely learned a lot and we're still learning. Yeah, we
2: learned a long time ago. It's not about us. It's about the people we perform for, the people we do business with. And we've been able to keep our clients for over 30 years. And that says a lot about the integrity that we put out there as a business couple, but also the brand that we bring and that we keep on making sure uh, that we're always moving that dial forward to make our brand better and our marketing better and that awareness.
1: There's an agent out of... um out of Florida, Orlando, Florida, big agency, international agency. And uh, John always calls us the most famous, unfamous fan in the world uh, because of the work that we've done and because people don't know us, but yet the people who know us use us over and over and over again because they can rely on us and they know we're going to bring quality product.
2: Yeah, I, I think he hit it on the head when he said, you know, when you have CEOs, presidents, emirs. Uh, these are high thinking power individuals and the kind of decision making they have to do when it comes to entertainment, they need something they can truly trust, but it's also their brands behind it, you know? So you're really trying to bring that uh, that to the table and that we've been able to do that successfully. And that's why we've, been now ambassadors of goodwill for the US State Department, US embassies. It's an honor for us. And, and by, it's a give back.
1: Yeah, by doing that, you know, we've got we've run into, as you know, we've run into a lot of challenges flying into Afghanistan uh, and nobody knows you're coming as leaders of a band of civilian musicians. You're literally flying into a combat zone and there's nobody there to greet you. And so when you fly into instances <laughs> like that. Um, And being able to maneuver through them successfully, you create these relationships that then form other opportunities for work um, and, you know, um, down the road, new product lines and services.
2: Yeah. I mean, we literally played uh, played music through Afghanistan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, you know, uh, playing music through there when we weren't even supposed to be in those areas. What an
0: amazing journey. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm totally blown away, you know, not just by the quantity of countries, you know, it's a common joke around, among travel bloggers. It's like, well, what's your number? Right. You know, like how many countries have you been to? Right. I didn't know that. And, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, um, I think I made it up to 32 or 36. I, I forgot to count, but I did fill my passport last year. So that was, uh-huh. yeah, that was before COVID. And I was like, every single page had a stamp on it. And I'm like, yes. All right. That's,
1: now, I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about all the travel you've done. Now think of it with five additional people that are working with you for you and going into countries with 50 pieces of production gear, equipment, luggage, um, luggage, um you know, uh, immigration issues, being sent to countries where you don't have visas, right? By ac- by accidents, and trying to figure out how to get out um, and or trying to figure out how you're going to make things work when you go into
2: those countries. Yeah. uh, In fact, we we got lost in Singapore, uh, our very first tour. I mean, we were green as green could be out on our first big tour. And here here the loadmaster looks at me and goes, so who do you guys know in Singapore? And I was like, no, this plane's supposed to be going to California. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's amazing. But that created a 15-year contract with us and the Armed Forces Entertainment, USO office, and, and MWR. And
1: that contract created our relationship with the U.S. State Department. And of course, those two uh, entities, right, highly respected, set us up for a really firm foundation in corporate work, which is really, again, where the big money's
0: at. Okay, fair enough. So that's all really interesting. So it sounds like you guys are well versed in, you know, in dealing with dynamic environments, always thinking on your feet. You know, like the logistics of, you know, just me deciding one day, oh, I'm going to go to Thailand, is a hell of a lot different when you have fifty pieces of of gear that you have to bring with you and a bunch of people and who knows what else is going on. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. Well, oftentimes when you land, you've got, um, depending on what country you're going into. So if you're going into Egypt, um, you know, you're going to have maybe 10 or 15 children that are trying to get at your equipment as it's coming off because they want to make money, helping you trying to move your gear. But when you've got that much gear, you can't have all those little hands trying to grab at your stuff. You've got to count it. You've got to figure out what's there.
2: You're being pulled at. You're distracted. uh, You got fatigued from 17 hours of flying.
1: I know at one point we had a gentleman come up and introduce himself as our escort, our UN escort. Um, We were so tired, we didn't ask him for any identification. Within 10 minutes, he had us out the door, but he had all of our passports. He put me in his vehicle without any of the band members and off I went. And Don said later, he looked at me and said, oh, my God, there goes my wife with all our passports and all our gear. And I don't know who this man is. I don't know where he's taking her.
2: Yeah. And right at that moment, don't you know, the policemen started asking for people's passports on the sidewalk? It, it would talk and about it. we didn't have them. I'm like, uh, oh, she just left with them. Oh, why? oh what are we going to do? <laughs> so what we thought- wow, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, to help us maneuver through those things, and we talked uh, with you a little bit about this, is we've actually learned how to define, one of the big things that we've done is we've learned how to define actual problems and not the symptoms of the problem. So we were actually flown into Afghanistan. We were flown into theaters, a band of civilian musicians, and um, they didn't know that we were coming. So a lot of uh, business professionals might say that the problem is flying into Afghanistan, right, being misdirected to Afghanistan. That isn't actually the problem. The actual problem is being in Afghanistan, not being able to get out, looking at the hole and then breaking it down into parts. So we needed to find lodging. That was a problem. Immediately we needed to find lodging. We needed to find food. That was an immediate problem that had to be solved. We couldn't get out of the country, so we had to find performances because we needed to work and we needed to earn money. And then finally, we needed an escort, a military escort, to make sure that we were able to maneuver through um, those staters and those war zones successfully. And so by us being able to define the problem, looking at the whole, breaking it down into parts and define each of those problems, we successfully were able to maneuver through there. I think we we're in country something like 10 days uh, before we were able to find an escort to get us out of um, Afghanistan and into uh, Kuwait, so that is really helpful um, when you're moving through dynamic environments. And when you're a small business like we are, sometimes you do, you're not really good at defining the problems, right? You don't look at the actual problems or the symptoms of the. You don't look at the actual problems; you look at the symptoms of the problems. And as I shared with you, I see this sometimes too in um, digital marketing. So when we when we as small business owners try to find tools, right, because you're not really sure what you're doing. You you don't know if you should be investing in Facebook, if you should be investing in, in clicks. You know How do you take your money, your limited budget, apply it across your different promotional tools? And so if you can look at um, the actual problem, right? So where is the best place to put your digital uh, marketing tools? Then you can come up with a plan for that. And again, we look at um, when we're looking at these kinds of tools, we might look at um, if they're not clicking, what's the lack of interest in the website? Is it the low, slow, slow loading pages that could be an issue? Um, is it the content we're providing sufficient? I know we just did an ad about six months ago that was not doing well at all and I couldn't figure out what it was. Pages were good. Um, the lack of interest was the lack of interest in the website and we finally figured out together get it, that There was too much information on the landing page. Um, when we put pictures up of the event that we were doing, all of a sudden, we got great keywords. We were able then, we started getting the
2: clicks that we needed. Yeah, we're finding on an average person stays a minute and 15 seconds at our website. That's a lot of time. That's yeah. FaceTime with, with a client. On so that's that's something that you need to think about when you're drawing people to your areas. Uh, how long are they staying? Do you know where they're staying?
1: So our bounce rate at the, when we started, it was like 70%. Now we've got it down to 27% for that landing page. And so that's really good. And we figured out what the real problem was. The real problem was that the content was boring. There was too much of it. Pictures speak louder than words, right? We know that, but as a small business owner, sometimes you get kind of stuck and you think what you're doing is right. And in fact, it's not what you're doing. It's not right at all. So again, you think uh, Google Analytics helps us with that as well, being able to measure that and look at that.
0: Right, so I wanted to zoom in on this part for a second. How do you extricate yourself from the process, right? Because basically what you're talking about here is you're creating your own content. You're creating your own landing page. You're basically creating your own offers, right? right? And you may think that, wow, my offer is gold. I got, you know, I got it going on. I've done this a million times before. I've been to so many countries. I've been, you know, everyone has been making it happen. But then how do you actually like really take that step back and have an honest conversation with yourself, with your partner, you know, and basically come out, come to terms with yeah, this page really sucks, and here's why.
1: And that's painful, right? Because you put your love into it. It's really important to have your measurement tools. For us, Google Analytics works because it's inexpensive and it gives you so much information. Uh, not only gives you de- which you know not only gives you demographic information, it gives you user interest. Um, it gives you bounce rate. It gives you pages of interest, and we look at that about every two weeks. Um, and quite frankly. Sometimes ads, I think, are not doing well. If I go into Google Analytics, it will actually tell me that's my top landing page. People are going there and they're staying there. So it's really important to have that measurement tool. For us, it's Google Analytics, but there's other tools that you can use as well.
0: Do you use on-page tools as well, like a Hotjar that sort of like do the heat map?
1: Um, yeah, and we actually use platform tools too. So we look, we'll look at the Facebook tools to see what's going on there. Um, where people are going, what they're clicking on, which, you know, because that stuff's pretty easy to look at. Google Analytics is nice because it'll give you an overview of all the tools that you're using to get to your landing pages. So that'll give you an overview of it. But then going in and looking at each platform tool is useful as well.
0: When you're talking about platform tools and you're talking about the Facebook pixel, the the Google retargeting pixels, the Oh, that's what you mean by that, right?
1: Yeah, correct, uh, right. And then actually going into and looking at the measurements within Facebook. So, what's the gender demographics? It's, that is actually going into because that helps me as well when I go into do, do the target market for Facebook. I can actually see who what the age group is. Is it male, female? Uh, for us, we actually have more male, yeah. a higher a percentage of males between the ages of thirty five and fifty five. That's really our demographic. So, what does that tell me? They lock in, like they like tech. Te- typically, like rock and roll. They typically like harder music. They're not into ballads. You know, give me a lot. Tell me a lot about the customers. And even with our original music, then I know how to target. We just did a song um, called So Blue uh, to bring awareness to PTSD for Veterans Day. And it's an original tune. And I knew that would work great with our demographic. Males between the ages of 35, 55. And it did. It did really, really well, uh, both on Facebook and on YouTube. So being, look at, being able to look at that platform within Facebook demographics helped me with that. And I could get it to the right people at the right time.
0: Yeah, you know, that's really amazing that you talk about that. Because basically what you have here is that you have this, um, you know, like you're, you're creating the system so that you can zoom in and target on the, you know, A, on the offer of what you're, uh, you know, of what you're putting out there, but also to give you the clarity Of what you need in order to pivot on that decision, whether it's, you know, whether the picture is good or not, or whether the colors are good or not, or like you said, the copy was copy was too long and boring, you know, that really comes down to, you uh, you know, being able to figure out where people are on the page and how they're going to be able to, you know, to interact with you. You know, sometimes people even hide the call to action on the bottom of the page when it should be further up on the top, your call to action button should be a contrasting color so that it's easy to find. You know, these are all they sound basic, right? You would think like, oh yeah, you know, every fifth grader knows that one. But no, it's like you, you, know, sometimes it doesn't it doesn't necessarily happen like that. And if you don't train yourself to look for those specific clues as to why the performance of your landing pages and your ads is not is not what you're expecting. Those are the kinds of things that you need to pay attention to,
2: right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Jeff, the other yeah. thing too is that we always I keep back to whatever our communication objective is. That's really important because we do multiple things. We have multiple product lines and multiple services that we offer. And so we also have, we have to tie it back to that communication objective. So right now I just told you our demographics male between the ages of 35 and 55 for original music, but for our live music performances with corporate entities, our buyers are primarily female. I mean, corporate meeting planners are female primarily. And so if we're going to do something like that in our communication objective, our objective is to get more gigs in a corporate event, right? At a corporate event, we've got to pivot again, right? And I got to look at if my demographic with my um, ads, my social media ads or any ads I'm doing, Google say that my mail, that I'm still in that in that um, demographic of male to 35 to 55, I know it's, I'm not doing something right because that's not who's going to buy me live. They'll buy my music, my live music, my original music. But they're not going to put us into an event, right? right? I got to get to women, and so we have to have that conversation again. And you got to tip it again. So there's, it's not static, and that goes back to learning how to find the actual problem versus uh, the symptom of the problem, right? Why is this ad not working? What's the problem? Is it the pictures? Is it the content? Um, Don works a lot with uh, our meeting planner, so he has a really good, he has really good insight into what makes them tip.
2: And usually, you know, the thing is, is also uh, you got to be flexible. We've had an event where, you know, they, they wanted a country band and, and the group's from Chicago. And you have to change the theme. And to be a, a band that can instantly change that, read it, and keep the client there and end up doing o- o- overtime where you're actually Congo lining them out the door. You know, you've kept and saved the gig, for one. Everybody had a great time meeting planners happy because you kept their client happy the client's happy and what do they usually say at the end i can't wait till we come back here again
1: so we know that meeting planners like that they need to know that we can pivot so we've got to put make sure that we get that into the ad but we've got to do it in a way that speaks to them as females right so um, you can never forget even though we try to couch things in a story you can never forget that you're still selling a product and you're still selling service. Sometimes people get so lost in creating the story that they actually forget to promote products and services and the ads become ineffective. That really is uh, a talent to be able to create that story, but still get across your brand, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, it comes down to clarity of who you are called to serve. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I, am I called to serve, you know, just meeting planners? Yeah, but. Sometimes. Uh Right. You know, but, you know, but the meeting planner is, you know, in in most cases, just a conduit to the client that's actually paying for the damn thing. Right. So you want to make sure that you're, that you're targeting them as well.
1: Well, You have to. And that's a really tender relationship because now you're talking multiple people in that buying chain. And in our industry, you don't, you don't go above the meeting planner. That's a no, no, you never do that. But still, you're right. You have to understand who their buyer is because you have to serve not just the meeting planner but you have to serve their buyer and sometimes their buyer. You could actually have two to three people in that buying chain easily.
0: Mm -hmm. Amazing, amazing stuff. Guys, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your company, the DEO Entertainment Group, and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd like to get in touch? You can reach
2: us at deospeaks.com and dinaprestonband.com. That's D-I-N-A-P-R-E-S-T-U-N band.com. And then, of course you can reach us on all your f- favorite platforms Facebook, Instagram, and we're of course on a LinkedIn and then my personal phone number is 623-330-0267. I look forward to hearing from you personally.
1: Thank you so much for having us.
0: This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for uh, you know for bringing the energy and for you know telling that story. You know, it's like just being able to take those experiences and parlay them into a a, you know into your business venture and to make it to make the next step in your journey so much more rich i mean that's really what it's all about so thank you so much for doing that for us today
2: thank you (laughs) thank you so much so